0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook
1: Sports. Visit superbook.com. Well,
0: take it off!
1: Let's go! Right back into it. It's like we start the show over. A five-hour, quote-unquote, marathon. It's nothing. It's Friday. We're chilling. We're vibing. You're listening to the fan, Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, taking your calls and talking about sports. I didn't mention anything about the NHL. Marco just hit you with some of that in the update. Right now, uh, it's 9 o'clock, so the Rangers and Oilers are about to face off. Rangers Oilers uh, out in Edmonton. They're the Edmonton Oilers, right? I'm still learning my hockey. And uh, the Penguins are facing the Islanders over at UBS. Right now the Islanders are down 4-3. Let's go Isles. Beat them up before they go back to P-Town and face my New Jersey Devils tomorrow night. Jack Hughes is coming back. Jack is back, Devils fans. It wasn't that long. I know my guy, Frank the Tank. I text Frank the Tank tonight to come on the show, but he's busy. I was talking to him about the Devils. He's, you know, he's a Debbie Downer. Sky is always falling. Other shoes about to drop. He's like, Jack is done for the season. We're doomed. Nah, Jack is back. And uh, I'll be back at the Rock Sunday, confirmed. Shout out to Pete Albeats. I I can't say enough that the Devils are first class. And uh, he's taking care of me. And the Devils have, like, brought me in and... Uh, it's never a problem when I want to go to the game and uh, support the team. And, you know, they hit me up whenever I'm talking about the Devils on WFAN. So, yeah, I will be in the building Sunday night for the night game. I think young Josh and his crew are going to be out there. So hit me up if you're going to the game Sunday. I'm also going to bring Paulie because Paulie is our biggest NHL fan here at the fan. And I think he's working Sunday, but he's got enough time to get off and uh, slide over to Newark and see the Devils. So it's going to be a good time. I think this is going to be my fifth Devils game, fifth or fourth, and uh, it's like one of the last games I can go to for a little while because I really can only go on Saturday and Sunday, and then baseball is going to start, and it's going to get crazy with the uh, March Madness tournament and then the NBA playoffs and then the NHL playoffs and everything else. So looking forward to it. Let's get back to the phones, whatever you guys want to talk about at 877-337-6666 as we pass this time on a Friday night in February in the greatest city in the world. Let's go to Rhode Island and talk to Rico next up on The Fan. Hey, Keith, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling my show. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I, I heard that you're going to have some of the old God on. That's That's really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I try to. You know, when I came into WFAN, uh, there was a lot of talk about me replacing Steve Summers, and I didn't I didn't want to really make it seem like I'm, you know, coming yeah. in and like Steve has been great, and then even Tony, Tony, someone I looked up to, admired, and was just trying to find a way to connect with him. And since I've connected yeah. with him, he's been great. So like these guys paved the way for the younger guys like myself that you're hearing on the fan, but. You know, they still yeah. have an uh, uh, open mic to come on my show when, whenever uh, we can have them. It's just a matter of, you know, me getting these open shows and having time to bring them in and uh, schedule it. And, and, yeah, you can expect to hear from Tony Page, Steve Summers, and uh, whoever else I can think of on my show. Yeah,
2: even Mike. You think Mike will come
1: on? I am Mike. Mike Francesa, I don't know. Yeah, he's, come on. Yeah. You can get him. One, I, don't think yeah, I know you can do it. I don't think he's even aware of me. I don't think he yeah. even knows who I am. I haven't been connected yeah. through any degrees of separation. Nobody has gave, given me his phone number or introduced us. So I don't know. I feel like he's a little out of my my yeah. reach, but I would love nah, to talk I to think, Mike.
2: I think he wants to come back really bad.
1: I would I would love to meet Mike, talk yeah. to Mike. When he did the uh, reunion with Chris Russo on first take. I came on air that night. I'm like, how come we can't get them in here? Like how much did ESPN have to pay those guys to do that? Like how come we can't get a reunion at WFAN? They can take my show. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because I used to listen to those guys at night, Tony and uh, Steve, like at midnight or whatever, when they were, you know, when I was working at night, but Anyway, I, I was just wondering, like, how come Mattingly never gets a shot with the Yankees to manage? Hmm. I mean, Boone, we, he's been there a while now, and he's just – he's an underachiever. <laughs> Sa- same thing with Cashman now. He's been there for a while, and he's not getting it done. I mean, there's Jerry DiPoto in Seattle. I mean, there's even trying to get Billy Bean out of retirement, <laughs> I mean – Something has to be done. The I
1: Yankees mean, can't. Be... Rob Thompson down there with the Philadelphia Phillies. He was a Yankees yeah. coach. He was with right. the Yankees. He interviewed for the job that Boone got. They passed up on him. And look, he got back to the World Series as a manager, as yeah. an interim manager replacing Joe Girardi this year. God knows what he's, he's... doing a little bit. So uh,
2: yeah, I would even get Girardi as the GM and bring in Mattingly as
1: the manager. He's in Toronto happen. now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, there's layers I mean, to this. We got to think right? outside the box. Nah, you know? but, so Cashman just signed yeah. another four-year extension, and I've been oh, on no. air saying that's his job until he wants to retire. He's 55. Yeah, yeah. He's going to do this job for another five to ten years. He's not giving yeah, he that seat up. Yeah. Exactly. He's not even he, just grandfathered he in. He's part of the family. He's Brian Cashman Steinbrenner. Like, he's not going anywhere. There were fans calling for his job, and at the yeah. end of the year, uh, press conference, he didn't even have a contract. Technically, he wasn't an employee, but he's leading the show. He's sitting at the table. So Cashman is always going to be there until he doesn't want to be there. And then you you, you yeah. mentioned Boone. Boone is an extension of yeah. Cashman, right? Yeah. Boone never yeah, managed anywhere else. No. Cashman brought no. No. him in, no. No. and they signed off on him to do their bidding, and they're in uh, unison on everything. I, I I I don't know. That's how I feel watching these games over the last few years. And you've said – Boone is an underachiever. Well, he wins regular season games, and that's what they're going to tell you, that the Yankees are successful in the regular season. They, Keith, they have a Keith, winning you record.
2: Could, Keith, you could manage the Yankees and do
1: the same. I'd be down. I'd, I mean, I would definitely be down, especially you, in the postseason, because that's where they really grind my gears. I'm like, what are we thinking? Well, what are we well, doing? Well,
2: in the postseason comes around, you just, uh, you know, rent somebody out, like, to help you out on the bench over there, like Gerardi or someone.
1: They need they need different <laughs> voices. And I'm glad that they brought in Brian Sabian and Omar Minaya, but it, their assistance yeah, to Cashman. Yeah, that was a good move. You know, you started How the call. about Jeter? Jeter? How about Jeter?
2: Why can't he come and help out?
1: I'm glad that Jeter started to show up again, right? He was there for the captain, um, the reintroduction of Aaron Judge when he was named the 16th captain. It was cool to see him there. I went to see his documentary, the first part, in Yankee yeah. Stadium. It was cool to see him back for that night and Derek Jeter night, uh, honoring him in the Hall of Fame. But Jeter's not going to be in the front office here. I think he had enough down there in Miami. Now he signed mm-hmm. on to be a part of Fox Sports coverage of Major League Baseball, which I think is good for him. And it, I'm, Fox has a ton of money A-ron? with with A Rod and Big Poppy and uh, you know whoever else they have on there. John Smoltz. So we'll, we'll see more of Jeets covering baseball this season. But he's, he's not interested in working with Cashman. He beefed with Cashman. He didn't even like Cashman for a while. And now I think they're on better terms. You started the call off talking about Don Mattingly, who I finally got yeah, to see yeah. in real life at American Dream a couple weeks ago. I didn't get to take a picture with him. I didn't shake his hand because I was a little starstruck and just pointed at him and just like, I don't know, floated off into the ether. But Don yeah. is now uh, with the Blue Jays. And, yeah, exactly. So you'll get to meet him when he comes over there and plays the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I should have. I you'll see him. He was one of the first guys. Like, when I showed up the Saturday, he was signing autographs, and I just, like, pointed and, like, drooled, like, Donnie Baseball. Does he still have the mustache? No, I don't think he has the mustache. <laughs> he hasn't had the mustache for a little <laughs> while. He's an older guy now. He's got glasses. He looks different than yeah. he did when he was playing for the Yankees. But, I mean, yeah the blue jays, the yankees rival or division rival, a team that is trying to knock off the yankees, they bring him in before the yankees can bring him in. I don't think that, he really was interested. Something, that's that's not something's not right there. Yeah, I don't think he was interested. That's... And there's been talk for years about where where are some of the older guys, some of the yankees that created this culture, that created the legacy and set the bar high and and the fans expectations. Where are those guys to teach these young guys the yankee way? And I don't know, there was some talk about them being alienated from the organization for a little while. But, you know, we saw some yeah. guys pop up. Bernie is always around. Um, I, I see I see a few different guys. O'Neal, but far, yeah. Yeah, and, oh, I mean, with O'Neal now, they've dropped the COVID-19 stuff for the whole league as far as you having to be triple vaccinated to be in the booth or on the field. So I expect to see Paul O'Neal back this year. I expect him oh, to I'm be I'm glad. Back. I'm glad now I can come to a game. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, they, they <laughs> dropped it for fans this past season. It was the uh 2021 season where they had us getting uh you know those uh chopsticks shoved up our nose just to get into the ballpark. Thanks for the call, Rico. Now we're talking Yanks on the fan. Hit me up, Yankees fans and Mets fans. Let's keep it rolling. Mike is down in Tom's River. You got it, Mike.
3: Hey, what's up, Keith?
1: What's up, man? How's it going?
3: Good, man. Um, I'm going to make a couple points here, but I I got some good stuff saved for the end.
1: I'm with you. Go for it.
3: All right. So I was born in uh, New York, Staten Island. Um, And I'm a Nets fan. I'm a Jets fan. I'm a Mets fan and an Islander fan. So technically, I should have been a Nets uh, Knicks fan growing up, but my dad moved to Jersey, and he started bringing me to Nets games. So... Um, after the finals appearances that they had like in uh, I think 03 and 04, that's when I became a fan. So I wanted to ask you when you uh, became a fan of the New Jersey Nets exactly yeah, uh,
1: around around this the same time. Uh, I've spoken the about same time. I've spoken about Michael Jordan and that, this gives me an opportunity to say happy 60th birthday to the goat Michael Jordan MJ I came in the league you know watching Jordan and the Bulls. And then when Jordan retired and then retired again, and then when he went to the Wizards, I kind of got older, and I was like, I can't keep repping the Bulls. And as you get older, you learn more, right? We, we never stop learning. But when you're a kid, you start to learn more about, like, okay, Chicago is in Illinois. I'm here in New Jersey. I do not want to be a fan of the Washington Wizards. We actually have a basketball team here. They trade for Jason Kidd, and I'm a fan. Uh, they go to the finals, back-to-back years, they lose, they get Vince Carter, and now I'm even um, more of a fan because Vince Carter's superhero, or was, and uh, yeah. they've been trying to get back to the
3: finals ever since, and they can't. I mean, you might be a little bit older than me, I think. I'm I'm 27. I'm about to be 28 on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm 34,
1: so I was like,
3: okay, I'm not yeah. sure so what you age. Saw, I was, you I was like 11, 12. Yeah, I was a little bit younger. Um and my dad brought me to the next games and we had uh near floor seats. Like there were the five rows on the floor and then I was like in the dugout right behind that.
1: That's awesome. That's great. I and, I, I wasn't pulling up back then. I wasn't in the in the arena. I was just, you know, rooting uh at home, but that's that's great. Tell your course. tell your pops you love him.
3: Yeah, of course, of course. Um and I saw countless like the games back then at the uh Continental Airlines arena. We're so lit, like you saw Dirk, you saw Nash, you saw Shaq, you saw D. Wade, versus Jason Kidd and Kerry Kittles and Richard Jefferson. Like I'm I'm thinking of the past. Like I, I was a fan after the um the uh finals appearances, and then they got beat by like the Pistons and the Heat and the, the Pacers, and it, it was rough after that. So going from that, I was just gonna ask how. Uh, how does the future look for the Nets? And um, that's basically it. And then I have some points on the Jets and the, the Nets, too. This
1: near future for the Nets looks good. They're not in worse shape than they were after the whole Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade and era. They actually have young players that will be here for a little while. They actually have talented players that are now stepping up more. Like you saw Mikel Bridges this week drop 45 points. That was a career high. Yep. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to do Bridges that. Bridges
3: and Cam Johnson.
1: Cam Johnson, his best friend. They call them the twins. Those guys we expect to be here. And Cam Thomas.
3: He's a little frustrated. They're putting up 40 every night. I'm like, wh- Cam we Thomas. got rid of KD. We got rid of Kyrie, the cancer, you know, from the franchise.
1: It was time. It was absolutely time. Kyrie blew this thing up before we were ready, and little did we know that we'd benefit from it. It's a better feeling watching the team. They have assets now, right? They actually have picks. There was a ton of years as a Nets fan where the Nets are hosting the draft, but they don't have a first-round draft pick. So uh, we can look forward to the future with the with the guys that we have and with the picks that we have because we're going to turn them into drafting a top player or trading for a top player And uh, I don't care what anyone says about, you know, what Kyrie had to say, kind of dragging Brooklyn and like, oh, I'm happy KD got out of there. This is New York. And the Brooklyn Nets have built this Nets world. It is an attractive place for any NBA player that wants to come play here. And they will sign stars in the future. But this is a cautionary tale of, you know, the player empowerment movement and letting stars kind of hijack your organization and try and hold your organization hostage like Kyrie Irving, who brought us a KD – but at the end of the day they yes. didn't win anything so it wasn't really worth it it was a disaster it was a fail
3: um you know not to be super negative but um in the beginning when they got uh KD and Kyrie and Harden I told every because I know a lot of like basketball fans and they were like hey you know the the league's over now it's all over they're going to win it. they're going <laughs> to win six rings and it's all over i told everyone i was like my sports teams Will do what they do, and they will not win a ring. You know, I I know they came close. That's Katie called Robertsitis.
1: You have a lot of the same teams as Evan Roberts, and Evan Roberts knew uh-huh. in his heart of hearts, uh-huh. this is great, but they're not going to win anything. Something's going to no, happen. No, but
3: I I I know that. Like I'm a I'm a Jets fan. I'm a Mets fan. It's going to be tough, and you know you got to be realistic, but you got to be positive at the same time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, um, I, just,
1: I just knew that the universe was not ready for that big three. I was excited no, to see it, but no. they got hurt, and uh, yeah, they they yeah. weren't they weren't able to defeat the eventual champs. Congrats to Giannis and the Bluffs.
3: Yeah, I told everyone, look, don't panic. The league is not over. This team will not win anything, I'm, I'm, because the drama and the hype of New York City and. Kyrie with his beliefs and Kane and, getting uh, hurt and Harden getting hurt. Got like, to remember that a, a global pandemic
1: hit as well.
3: It did, it did, it did, of course. I'm not discounting that at all. But, like, as far as, like, really doing it and winning it, I I felt like they weren't going to do it. And, and then, you know, you have Joe Harris missing threes in the playoffs and whatever, but um, you, you made up a, a point about Evan Roberts, right?
1: Yeah, you have some of his same teams, and it seems like you uh, have Robert's-itis as well, just feeling like they're never actually going to win.
3: Yes, but speaking of Robert's-itis, he, t- he called you out today. Did you hear this?
1: Um, I don't know. I know he—I he. he I caught the whole, like, Hulk Hogan macho man thing. I definitely wanted to speak yes. on
3: that. <laughs> yes, but he said, I'm going to pick uh, the, a harder Nets fan than I can pick for myself and he said for the pickleball tournament he's going to pick Keith McPherson to represent him and the New Jersey Nets in the pickleball tournament
1: oh yeah i missed that and i did hear him talking about playing pickleball i've never played pickleball i'm not really interested in that in that but i don't know he called me out that i didn't consider i don't consider that calling me out okay mike is gone Uh, That was an adventure. Let's keep it rolling. And shout out to Evan. I don't know. I missed that today. I tried to listen to the show. Uh, I think I might have taken a nap. I might have stepped out. And I don't know. I didn't catch any of that. But, uh, yeah, if I'm the uh, Hulk Hogan brother to your macho man Randy Savage, so be it. But I was more of a Nick Foley, dude love mankind guy, Uh, Mr. Socko, you know. Everybody loved The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, I was Austin 316 and repping the Brahma Bull, but...
3: The Rock and Sock Connection?
1: Yeah. Hell the Rock yeah. and Sock I, Connection. I had, I had a Mankind shirt. I had a Dude Love shirt. I just think Nick Foley was one of the greatest wrestlers and characters the three ever. three faces
3: of Foley. Mankind,
1: Dude Love, and Cactus Jack. And Cactus Jack. I don't know how I forgot that one. Yup. Who else had three different aliases and...
3: Uh, You have to go digging, but he probably was the most prominent one.
1: And they were all great.
3: All great. I believe in one Royal Rumble in the early 2000s, he had three different entrances at three different guys, (laughs) so he was in three times out of 30.
1: Yeah, we got to call Nick Foley. Paulie, get Nick Foley on the fan. Let's take this break. 877-337-6666. We got a whole rack of calls. Join us. Call up. We'll keep it rolling. Keep McPherson on the fan.
0: Be right back.
5: Manny takes the knee, and the
4: New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions.
5: When
0: this happened, you talked about it on the Fan.
5: They knock off the mighty Patriots, 17 to 14.
6: When New York sports happens, talk about it here, the Fan 101.9 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right back at it, folks. Halfway through a five-hour KM to AM. And uh, I was just watching the end of the Celebrity All-Star Game, and it wasn't that bad. It started off kind of cheesy, kind of corny. It felt like they were doing too much, and I changed the channel. But when I went back, uh, we were just talking about the WWE, and the Miz fired up a half-court shot that it looked like was good in real time. It looked like it tied the game. They go back to review. He didn't shoot the ball before the buzzer went off, but it added to the theatrics. Fat Joe dropped the mic, ran, or like they were all celebrating on the court. And uh, the MVP, you heard me talk about how I was watching to see what Albert Pujols did, what Calvin Johnson did, what DK Metcalf did. I'm, I'm always impressed by athletes that can play other sports. DK Metcalf was abusing the rim. He had a day today. He went viral with a video of him jumping and catching a football. Some people said it's fake. Some people say it's real. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. The guy's a monster. He probably has a 40-inch vertical. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if that was real. And if you saw him dunking the basketball, he had like four dunks in that game, maybe more. Maybe I'm just seeing the four highlights on Twitter. He was abusing the rim. He was dunking the ball. He was taking that game very seriously. And he won MVP. So now the uh Rising Stars semifinal is underway. I got to find what channel. Oh, it's on TNT. That's why I'm... Not finding it in here. I'm watching the Islanders right now, tied up four-four with about three and a half minutes to go. Let's go Isles, steal this game, and uh, I'll try and get my eyes on the Rising Stars semifinal. So I started off by saying it was corny, and I'm not really watching the All-Star game, but I kept it on, and it got better, and uh, that was pretty good. And they've got some social media clips, and it seems like people were watching it and reacting to it, and. Uh, so far, so good with the celebrity game. And now we're waiting for the skills challenge. Right now it's Paul Gasol versus uh, Darren Williams' team. And uh, Joakim Noah's team will feature Quentin Grimes coming up real soon. And uh, they'll face off against, uh, I'm not sure what team it is, Jason, who? Jason Terry? I'm not sure who the coach is there. I'll find that out, though. But let's get back to the phones. I don't want to keep you guys waiting. 877 337 66 66, Mad Max from Linbrook. You're back on the fan.
6: Oh, uh, Dr. Keith, PhD, which stands for Pretty Handsome Dude. How are you, my friend?
1: <laughs> uh, depends who you ask. I'm great. Thanks for calling in.
6: All right, I have a couple points. I'll make it short and sweet. But first, I just want to say, speaking of wrestling, okay? Number one, don't ever say you're not in Francesca's league, okay? You, he is not in your league. Mike Francesa speaking of is wrestling. Boring.
1: He's out of my weight class. <laughs> you said you started no. about talking about wrestling, and then you went to Francesa. But no, I, what I mean by no. like, I've never, I've never crossed paths with Mike. I've never been introduced to him. I've never seen
3: continue the guy.
6: So that, that's a good thing. Good, to here's how lucky you did not cross. I, I listen to Francesa. <laughs> I, I'm not even tired. I'll fall asleep. Listen, Francesa and Carton are the weak members of the Four Horsemen. Steve Mongo McMichael and Paul Roma. You. The original four horsemen of Rick Flair, um, Tully Blanchard, every, Anderson, and Ole Anderson. I right? appreciate so the
1: compliment, speech. but I'll defend everybody that's ever taken the mic here at WFAN. Some people hate me, some people love me, and that's no. pretty much the way for all of the hosts. You know, it depends who you ask but, again.
6: I get it, sir. I get it. But listen, sorry, I'll segue out of that now. Finally, sir. Finally, 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 because we're talking a little basketball. Okay? Finally, sir, I have. Uh, given you, I have found you. I'm presenting you with the answer to the, the, the riddle to solve the Da Vinci Code, the final piece of the Zelda Triforce, and Zordon Zeo Crystal. Okay, and the, and the final Chaos Emerald from Doctor Robotnik. And how the and why Dragon Ball. I
1: became a I Was waiting for you to say it. Yeah. And the Seven Dragon Ball.
6: How I became. A Phoenix Suns fan in New York now. I'm a Mets Jets Islander fan since as long as I can remember. I don't know why. Maybe as a kid, when my my mind was still developing, four years old, I saw the color. I don't know. Who knows how these things start? Now, I didn't know about professional basketball until I was nine years old. I had no idea there was an NBA. So, my brother brings home a video game. I'll be 41. So, we're technically in the same age bracket. My brother brings home a video game for the Sega Genesis called Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA playoffs. This was October of... uh, 1991. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to play with you. You know, that's what brothers do. We play, we fight, he cheats to beat me, we, we brawl. He's a Celtics fan. He's Yankees, Giants, Rangers, Celtics. So I'm like, all right. He's like, listen, I'm going to play the Celtics. I'm using Larry Bird, Larry Legend, the greatest small forward to ever live. And then uh, I'm like, okay, I have to choose a team from the West. So on a whim, sir, I saw the purple and orange color scheme. I'm like, all right, cool, purple and orange. That's mad cool. Awesome. I guess I'm going to be the Phoenix Suns. But in the game... I was kicking ass, Uh, excuse my language if I can't say that, I deeply apologize, all right? I was uh, kicking tailpipe with uh, Tom Chambers, number 24, mind you, this is a year before Charles Barkley, so I'm kicking with with, with Tom Chambers, number 24, Kevin Johnson, Thunder Dan Marley, and Mark West, Jeff Hornacek, Mm -hmm. so I held my own in a game, and I guess when when we shut off the game, sir, I said, all right, I guess I like the Phoenix Suns, it has spiraled from there. Some can say it's good. It helped make me who I am today. Or some can say it's bad because they've literally driven me insane with my other teams. Uh, So, now, so listen, it is what it is. Now, in terms of the Nets and Suns trade, I went to the game in Brooklyn. I had my Bridges jersey on. He was my favorite player at the time. He still is. Listen, you guys won that trade in the long run. We gave up. Listen, I I didn't know the trade went down until I woke up the next morning. My text messages were blowing up. My DMs on Facebook. I was awake.
1: I I got home, and I was like, I should be on air right now. It was at 1 o'clock, and that was a night when I was done at 12. I was like, man, of course. But
6: now, listen, I know, listen, we have to swing for the fences in life. We just swung for the fences, and we have KD for three more years after this quarter of a year. So I'm hoping we will get at least one. in in the next uh, three and a quarter years, so it won't be a failure. But initially I was very, very upset because I said, listen, we gave up a lot of depth. Mikkel Bridges is already a stud, and he's going to continue to be a stud, the type of guy you build your franchise around. So – and what happened the other night? He plays two-way ball, runner-up for defensive player of the year last year, sir, and he had 45 points the other night. Cam Johnson is is a long-armed wing, can defend, he can shoot. Listen, uh – you guys are going to be fine. I was at that game, and Cam Thomas nearly buried us. Claxton nearly buried us. And had Spencer Dinwiddie been playing, who kills us with Dallas, we would have lost. It was a fine stadium. The Nets fans were all gentlemen. Everyone got along. So, listen, I'm a diehard Suns fan. And, and the fan who called up previously saying he, he's conditioned to believe that his teams will never succeed, and he's a Nets fan. Listen, I felt the same way. When the Suns had that 2-0 lead to Giannis and the And mm-hmm. part of me was like, okay, it's over. But the other half of me was like, Nah. You know what? It's the Suns, just Not like my the other NBA.
1: Team. Not in, you can go up 2-0 and, in the NBA, it doesn't mean you won the series.
6: The, the, the Suns can be up 3-0 and I think and, and me the back of my mind I'm thinking they're going to be the first ever basketball team to blow a 3-0 lead. Now, uh, I don't know, it's all about health. I mean we're already getting hate for getting KD. We haven't won anything yet. Let us let us win something people before you hate on us. But I don't need a dynasty. I just want one all I want is one, and I'll be set for the rest of my life. And there's no guarantees we'll even win because it's all about health. KD and our team, is they're aging, and they have to be healthy. Yeah. I understand why they did it because in life, listen, we are now the villains, but in life, in sports, you don't succeed by being the white meat baby face like John Cena. You succeed by being the evil heel like Four Horsemen Ric Flair. You don't succeed by kissing babies and passing out hugs, okay? You come down at Bash of the Beach in Daytona, you drop the leg drop on Macho Man, and you say, Mean Gene, first thing you need to do is tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say, the whole Kogan heel turn. I just want one, Keith. So that's the story, sir. That's how, and listen, last thing, growing up, sir, today we're all spoiled with technology. We can, I can watch the game from my phone on my streaming service. The scores are broadcast 24-7, constantly on ESPN on the bottom. Growing up, they only showed the scores 23 and 53 minutes past the hour. So, I had to, remember, I'm from 3,000 miles away, and the Suns I could only watch when they were on national television. When they weren't on national TV, I had to run in to my father. Hey, Dad, it's coming up 23 minutes past the hour. 53 minutes past the hour. Can you flash the score? To my father's credit, he always did it for me. He never told me, get out of here. He, was, he understood. So, liking a team – from 3,000 miles away before we had the technological advances. I have put in my time. I have taken grenades in the face, in the trenches. I They haven't killed me yet, and I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but maybe we just got to get one. You I already believe. got the KD jersey. You got to believe. I, I listen and, and, le- and, and last thing, sir, I promise I'll let you go, because I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been waiting to get through. Uh, I, but I know you're a busy man. You've got a good following, a lot of callers. But also, like, I, it's like when the Jets had that 7-4 and four record, I'm a Jet fan. I said, they're going to blow this. And everyone's was like, oh, how could you be so pessimistic? Listen, as a Met, Jet, Islander, and Suns fan, my teams have never, ever given me a reason to be optimistic. So don't call me a bad fan when I'm, when I'm pessimistic. All I know is pessimism and failure as a fan. I don't count the 86 Mets. I was four years old. It does not count. So anyway, sir, so God bless. You know I'm a diehard Suns fan. I'm not one of these front runners, these warrior fans who came out of nowhere. Now we're nowhere to be found. I got my son's jacket on now, my son's hat. I have my son's license plate thing. They are the 1A to my Mets 1B. The Islanders and Jets are tied for two. I take it serious. I've severed friendships. I've gotten into arguments. I told you I took a baseball bat to my closet. I've broken televisions. It's just like, listen, I do not care about the problems of the earth. I don't care. I don't care about Ukraine or any of that. I care about the Phoenix Suns the NBA championship—that is my destiny in life—and I will never, ever be able to rest in peace. I can never go to my grave in peace unless I see them win the NBA championship. And we were so close two years ago to have it snatched from us. It—it it, 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 it didn't work out well, and I'm still not over it. I'm still not over 1993 when Paxson ripped my heart out. I was 11 years old. I was pissed off then. I'm pissed off now, but it fires me up. It gives me something to believe in.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Max, I let him rip and run. I let, I let him get it off. I, I've seen his call waiting, uh, not just tonight, but other nights. And I am someone that has told you, call me up and tell me about your fandom. I enjoyed the story, right? He became a Suns fan off of playing video games with his brother. I grew up playing video games with my brother. I give my brother credit for making me competitive. I went the opposite of his teams. He was a Giants fan. I wasn't rocking that way. And I became a Cowboys fan. And this year, with the Suns, they have a new owner. They just went for it. They have Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant produced some crocodile tears yesterday and said, you know, I built a family in Brooklyn, and we grinded, and I'm happy to be here in Phoenix. <laughs> they better win it this year. You know, the Suns and four guy that went viral fighting in the arena, Suns and four. They better win it this year because CP3 is cooked, and Kevin Durant gets hurt every single year. Every year since the Achilles Uh, Achilles tendon injury in the finals. He was out the next year, obviously, rehabbing for the the Nets. Hamstring injury the year after that. And then back-to-back years, people will not say this because you can't fault a guy for getting injured. But I'm a Nets fan, and I watched. Back-to-back years, he was hurt, and that was the fracture in the team because he's the best player on the team, the leader on the team, and without him, his Robins, his secondary guys, the, you know, Guys like Harden and Kyrie that had to shoulder the load, they didn't want to shoulder shoulder the load without KD. Then they start pointing fingers and looking around, and last year was Harden looking at KD not playing and him having to carry the team at home because Kyrie can't play home games. So he forces his way out. And then the Nets are dumb enough to bring in Ben Simmons. And now you had Ben Simmons miss five games, and Kyrie is leading the team, showing up, putting in work, and Kyrie, with his ego, which is the size of the flat earth that he imagined, this guy thinks that he deserves a contract. He deserves an extension midseason because he beat the Knicks. And he's looking at guys like Ben Simmons who just show up in their Gucci, Louis, Fendi, Prada and don't play. But they're making $34 million. So a lot of finger-pointing and a lot of blame to go around. And uh, the Brooklyn Nets with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, two sons, and Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, two Mavericks, whatever. They're going to be all right. They're going to be a play-in or playoff team. And uh, now the pressure is off of Brooklyn, and it's on the Suns. Kevin Durant is 35 this year. Kevin Durant is getting up there in his career. He can't stay on the floor. And again, he left Brooklyn. That's why I say crocodile tears. I know a lot of Nets fans wanted to champion KD and be like, see, he's not like Kyrie. He loves us. No, if he loved you, he would have stayed. He signed a contract to play here for four years. He would have saw the rest of the season through, right? He would have finished the season. Like, this is halfway through the season. He kind of blamed Kyrie. And if you read between the lines, when Kyrie had all the anti-Semitic stuff, KD almost got canceled because he came and said, I I had hoped that we could just keep it to basketball. And people took that as, like, the Kyrie anti-Semitic movie he posted was a distraction and and not worth his time. And he's like, no, let me be clear. Like I was hoping that we could focus on basketball. Kyrie posting that was not focusing on basketball. That's Kyrie trying to be this like larger than life figure. This guy posts all this art and stuff. He thinks he's like, I don't know, a martyr or Gandhi or some type of like spiritual leader and, or some type of like, I don't, I don't know what he thinks he is, but KD is a hooper. KD consistently talks about grinding and, Uh, loving the grind and loving to go to practice and go to work and play basketball. But his buddy, his BFF that brought him to Brooklyn, always has some type of other agenda and is not always locked in and focused on basketball. So again, he put his other agenda, which was his contract extension, in front of the Brooklyn Nets and blew up the team. It has now been two weeks since Kyrie requested a trade. I'm over it. I'm good. I'm still looking for some young kids to give my Kyries to... My Kyrie jerseys, my Kevin Durant jerseys. Really not young kids. I'm a grown man. So if you could fit a size 12 or a large jersey, hit me up. I'll give them to you for free. And you should hit me up so we can talk about some other things. Keith McPherson on the fan. The number to dial is 877-337-6666. The Islanders won. Zach Parisi stole that game at the end. Like I just said before, come on, I'll steal this game. And they did. They beat the Penguins. Devils will beat the Penguins tomorrow night. And then uh, Pauly, myself, and my boy Christian will go see the Devils at The Rock Sunday night. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to The Fan.
0: Let them have it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
1: I like this beat. This is a tough beat, Pauly. Good choice. All right, we're back at it on The Fan. KM to AM, rolling right along. Hopefully you're passing this time on your Friday night and just kicking back or driving or working and uh, just enjoying the show. Call the show if you'd like, 877-337-6666. We were talking hoops a little bit, so I did want to put out there the 2023 Basketball Hall of Fame finalists. Some names you'll know, some names you won't know. Uh, Jennifer Ozzie, Gene Bess, Gary Blair, Paul Gasol, Becky Hammond, David Hickson, Gene Keady, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, Dwayne Wade, and Marion Washington. So, like I said, some names you'll know, some names you won't know, but that's a pretty good class. And I know Hall of Fame is different in basketball in football and baseball. I definitely don't want to get into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame Conversation, But uh, let's take some baseball calls, or at least one call before we break here. I feel like all the calls right now are lining up baseball, and that's fine. That's fine. Actually, I have one call that's not baseball, and I will take that call because we're going to break in the next four minutes. The Rangers are getting smoked right now. I don't know what happened in that first period. Maybe Ross and Bergen County can tell me. Paul, he just says the Oilers are good.
5: Bro, what a mess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, thanks for taking the call, man. Appreciate it. But I mean, they're coming off what I think it's a six-game winning streak now heading into tonight. I mean, they're just getting the blo- doors blown out of, out of the way. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, right out of the gate. And they're showing stats too during the pregame. You know, this Oilers. You know, the offense is obviously explosive. They got you know McDavid, without a doubt, best in the league. Obviously, dry saddle, won an MVP a few years back. He's a triple-digit point score uh, point scorer per year. Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins having been uh, career years. I mean, right out of the gates, so they're even showing a stat. I think I'm pretty sure they were showing all time power play percentages in terms of teams, and they got the Oilers fourth all time. You know, amongst other teams, you know, dynasties way back when, in like the '70s and '80s, you see like the old Habs dynasty, the Islander dynasty that won four cups in a row. Right out of the gate, Trocheck takes a just a brain dead penalty, and they just they put one right on the board. Now, I think going into the intermission, it's 4-1 because Igor's just been a disaster. I don't know what it is. He's got to lock in for the rest
1: of the game. Maybe they can come back, but that's a rough start. I'm looking at the Game Center on NHL.com now.
5: Yeah, bro, Igor's let up three or more goals in the last five games. Obviously, the other night, they were in Vancouver, won the game, but it was despite them. I mean, the offense has just been explosive on their end, too. You know, uh, obviously, since adding in Tarasenko, he had that, that goal in the first game. Hasn't really done much since, but, you know. He's been a contributor, but you see the others, these other guys, Panarin, had a four-goal game a couple uh, a couple nights back in Carolina. They had a, a great one there. I think it was 6-2 in Carolina. He has four goals, five points, and that follows it up with a three-point night after that, so he's been explosive. Mika's on a five-game goal streak, so the all, right now the offense is carrying a load, which is contrary to last year when they, they couldn't get a win to save their life unless Igor was standing on his head. And now the t- the tables turn. All of a sudden, now Igor is looking like a borderline AHL starter, and now the, the offense got to pick up the load. So <laughs> you know the Oilers are known for these you know these five four six five barn burners. Obviously, the battle of Alberta, them with the Flames, they've had a lot of shootouts lately. Not not really, you know, like a uh, overtime shootout. More so like a you know these, these barn burners with them. So I mean, that's really the only shot they got tonight. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they want Poltersturkin and you know maybe setting a lock out there because. He started the season off, uh, you know, with a rough stretch, but he's been picking it up lately. And Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is with Igor, but he just doesn't have it as of late.
1: Well, they got to lock in. There's a lot of game left. Yeah, Maybe man. we'll be talking later on the fan about the great comeback that the Rangers put together. You got anything yeah, hopefully,
5: else? Hopefully, man. No, I was just going to say one more thing. I mean, the Islanders found a way to pull it out. So uh, hopefully we go two for two tonight here in the Tri-State. But other than that, I appreciate you taking the call, man.
1: Thanks for the call, Ross. Uh, And I already mentioned the Basketball Hall of Fame in the 2023 finalist. And a story came out today about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland chooses the St. Louis Cardinals cap to be, um, you know, on his head forever in uh, Cooperstown. But Fred McGriff is going with just the MLB logo. No team, obviously, because Fred McGriff played for a few teams. Could have been a Yankees great. Could have been an all-time great Yankee. Anywho, call me up, folks. We're about to talk baseball in the 10 o'clock hour. This is New York. We're getting closer to baseball season. Pitchers and catchers have reported. We're getting closer to the World Baseball Classic. People want to talk Mets, Yankees, and WBC. That's what you can look forward to after we come back from this break.